What's up, beautiful people, and welcome to She Prays First Podcast. I am Janiah, your host, internet bestie, and sister in Christ. The purpose of this podcast is to help you deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ and become rooted in the Word of God. Each week, we will deep dive into some interesting topics, analyze Bible passages, and have some amazing conversations with guests along the way. I pray that God uses this podcast to help us all gain a deep craving and desire to learn, love, and live His Word so that we can be able to experience the fullness of His peace, mercy, and grace. So pull up a seat, turn up the radio, headphones, or whatever you're listening on, and let's get into it. So... You're a people pleaser. Okay, okay. And don't feel shy or ashamed because I think it's time that we talked about it. And I think at just about some point, we've all fallen into people pleasing. We've all compromised in order to make someone else happy. We've all cared more about what others thought than what we actually thought of ourselves. We cared more about how others saw us than how we saw ourselves. We've held the feelings and concerns of others at a higher regard than our own. And last but not least, we've cared more about being seen and liked by others than being known and loved by God. And so you could define a people pleaser as someone that has learned that it feels good to be liked by others. So they steer their words and actions in the direction that offers the most approval. Meaning you enjoy having approval from others. You enjoy being liked by others. And so with that being said, you're going to gear everything towards gaining positive feedback from others. Towards others having some type of satisfaction from what you did for them. So on and so forth. And this is a fascinating topic to me because I've been meaning to speak on it for a while now, but part of me had no idea where to start. And y'all know me, when it comes to talking and telling stories and whatever else, I can literally touch on five different things before I finish the one whole story that I started. So obviously y'all know finding a starting point is very hard for me. But for those of y'all who don't know, I'm currently on spring break. And although it's not much of a break because I still got deadlines and assignments, let's talk about it. Let's not talk about it. I still enjoy having the free time to stay up late binge reading, which is technically like binge watching, except I'm reading a book instead. And yeah. And so last night I stayed up to binge read Who Are You Following by Sadie Robertson Huff. And first of all, this was a very, very good book. And I feel like if you, I don't know if I mentioned her in past videos or podcasts before, but if you don't know, I love Sadie. I love her podcast. So let's just start there. But literally when I saw that she wrote a book about pursuing Jesus in our social media obsessed world, I had to jump on it. And obviously I finished the book in a day. So I did. But many of the key takeaways that I got from this book really led me to want to revisit this conversation about being a people about being a people pleaser because there's literally so much to talk about here. Like it's a lot to work with. And so today I really just want to focus on the idea of being a people pleaser and how to kind of get past that. So let's get into it. So first things first, when we look at Jesus, he is the complete opposite of a people pleaser. And I myself am guilty of this as well just thinking that you know because I'm a Christian because I'm a follower of Jesus I need to constantly you know make people happy I need to constantly be there for people even when I'm not there for myself I need to constantly answer the phone for people even when I don't feel like talking I need to constantly give people things that I don't even want to give them um do things for them that I don't want to do and one thing that I have noticed not trying to get off topic Janiah because let's keep it together but one thing I have noticed is that 
in this whole realm, right, of me wanting to please people, I kind of lost the urge to actually do the things that did please people. Stay with me. Now, somewhere in this book, and I don't, I didn't, I didn't write this one down, but somewhere in this book, she briefly covered the topic of pleasure and how she interviewed a, a psychiatrist who actually talked to her and was, you know, kind of telling the audience how consistent or kind of like consistent pleasure is not as much as a positive thing as we think because it wears out our pleasure systems to the point that the things that once brought us pleasure after experiencing them over and over and over and over we won't even recognize it as pleasure anymore and so in this whole realm of people pleasing it's like it's people pleasing but to some point it's no longer as self-serving as it as it once was it's no longer you getting pleasure out of it. It's just you doing, 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 giving, 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 and getting nothing back. But back on track. So the main difference that we see when we look at Jesus's unselfish service and the actions of people pleasers is motive. Jesus loved, helped, and served people, but at the same time, he was not afraid to say what needed to be said, even if it made people angry. And if you read the Bible, oftentimes it did make people angry. They was ready to push him off a cliff. Obviously, they crucified him, so some people was getting mad. But at the end of the day, he was not there to please people. He didn't really care too much about whose feathers were going to get ruffled when it was time to say what had to be said. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us that our motive in everything that we do should be to glorify God, and we'll touch more on that later. And so in her book, Sadie says some really important stuff that I definitely want to share to y'all today. And so just to go ahead and get into the first thing, she covered the official definition of liked. And so to be liked means to be agreeable, enjoyable, or satisfactory. But social media's definition of being liked is to win one's approval. And believe me when I tell you, seeking praise and approval from fallible humans, humans that can disappoint you, humans that will that can fall short of expectations, humans who can do you so dirty is a slippery slope. Let me say it again. Seeking praise and approval from fallible humans rather than seeking God's approval is a slippery slope. Let's take the Pharisees, for example, in John 12. In verse 43, it says... For they loved human praise more than praise for God. Not to get too, too deep into this scenario, but essentially in chapter 12, um, this verse or before this verse, it was kind of talking about how there were many Pharisees at the time who did believe in Jesus, who did believe that Jesus was the Messiah and they believed his teachings and all the things that he did. At the same time, they cared more about making the people happy and having the people's approval than having approval from God. So the people told them, oh, no. If you believe in Jesus, you fake, they're going to be like, okay, I don't believe in Jesus, right? And in this instance, as we see, this just shows that people pleasing can, in fact, lead you to eternal separation from God if you allow it to dictate your choices and your decisions. Now, when I think of this whole conversation of winning one's approval, I always tend to think of college admissions. Because college admissions, the whole thing is literally about getting accepted, getting approved, and it's just it's, it's just a nerve-wracking experience, or at least it was for me, right? And the same goes for when you're applying for a job. Essentially, you're looking for one's approval in order to get the job. You want to be liked in order to get accepted into that school or into that sorority. 
And so in order to do that, you're going to put your best face forward, mentioning all your accolades, rewards, uh, community service, your involvement in the community, and so on and so forth. And I kid you not, when I was applying for colleges, I literally hated it, first of all, because I felt like I was kissing up to the admissions office (laughs) and ultimately trying to be somebody that I wasn't. But just second... Because nobody ever told me that I should have started a resume the day I was born. Because as a high school senior, where am I supposed to be getting all of these credentials? Like, I just, I just don't understand. And so now I'm calling up family members, grandma, grandpa, mom. Hey, um, remember that time we did the, is that community service? Okay, well, can I have an example of a time that I had a hard situation and had to get through it? And it was just like, it's just personally a lot for me. Let me just say that. Okay, I don't like college admissions. I just... I don't like the process, okay? Not only that, but following this process, it literally ushered in self-doubt, fear of rejection, and insecurity. Because literally from the point I started the application to the point that up until I either got accepted or rejected from that school, my like those, I want to say probably about six months of senior year, this is going to be doubting myself. And then also being afraid of getting rejected because you're either going to get accepted or you're going to get rejected. And so from there, it just overall made me a more insecure being in myself, okay? And not only that, but I think an important part here that I kind of did slash didn't mention is that a part of why I also had so much self-doubt and insecurity is because in order to get accepted, in order to get approved, in order to get the job, I had to become someone that I wasn't on paper. And so that meant me, my true self, my real self, who I know, who my family knows, who my friends know, was not the person that those colleges were going to see, that they were going to get to know. And so I felt that the real me was not good enough to get accepted or get approved into a college. And so with that being said, I had to become someone else. And I know I'm not the only one, but this is not the only example because as we can see, this was just like a vicious cycle in my life. Okay, but here's another one. So growing up, most of my family and my friends, they know my music taste is a little different. Um, That's what we're going to call it different. So growing up, I enjoyed listening to, you know, pop music, R&B, sometimes even country. It really just depended on the mood. Right. But where I'm from. Most people listen to hip hop, you know, rap, maybe a little small dash of pop music. I don't know. Or you know what? Not pop music. Maybe a small little sprinkle of R&B. That's definitely in there. But as many people know, Atlanta breeds a lot of rappers. So this means in order to keep up with the Joneses, I need to know all the rip, all the lyrics of these rappers, right? But in my health... I was okay because obviously nobody was forcing me to listen to any rap music or learn any new rap songs or anything. But it was at school where I had literally been plagued with the desire to be relevant, to stay relevant, to be popular, to be in essentially. And so every weekend, my classmates and I, we all planned on going to the skating ring and I knew I knew that if I was going to remain relevant, if I was going to remain that girl, that I had to know these songs to the T. I had to know every lyric. I had to know every ad lib. I had to know when the beat going to drop. And that's just that. And so similar to Sadie's experience, I would literally learn all the lyrics to these songs that I didn't even like. I would literally practice my dance moves in the mirror. And it's going to be a little embarrassing, but I would legit even rehearse my facial expressions. Like, I'm not even going to hold y'all. I rehearse my facial expressions. I'm like, 
So yeah, mm-hmm, sure did. And so I was going through all of this just to be liked. Crazy thing is, this was just the beginning of. Little did I know, I was going to have to repeat these steps for every new album, dance, and trend to come up on the surface, literally. And we know how many that is. And a trend literally comes and goes this fast. So just imagine. And so as you can see, it was like I was on a hamster wheel trying to please people, trying to do things I didn't like just to fit in. And it was just a very vicious cycle all to be liked all to be accepted all for approval of man first of all now the ironic thing about all of this is is that as I'm talking as we're discussing how extremely hard it is to please others and just this cycle and just this desire to be like the crazy thing is that the like button on social media has essentially trained us to be likable so I'll say it again the like button on social media has essentially trained us to be likable but as Sadie points out it has prevented us from feeling truly love and y'all y'all may not feel it right now but this is deep right here hold on we spend so much time shape-shifting and photoshopping our true selves in order to be liked that now we feel even more insecure than when we started because this person on the internet that everyone sees and that everyone loves is not who I am. And so now the people have fallen for this fake version of you, which makes it impossible for you to ever be truly known and loved. But as 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love cast out fear. And this is deep and this is important because when we foster these relationships and friendships based on a false version of ourselves, we tend to become fearful of what will happen when they find out who we truly are. But at the end of the day, there's no way that you can be loved without being known. And, I, and this is a reality check because a lot of times, you know, we've been in there, oh, I love you, I love you. But behind the scenes, it's like, how you love me and you don't even know me? Make it make sense. Listen to this quote from Tim Keller. It says, To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. Let me start over. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. And it's what we need more than anything. So that quote, first of all, I feel like it personally punched me in the face, but let's not even go there. But just like, just think about it. This love that comes from God is without fear. It's a love where I don't have to question if they're going to leave me when I'm in a bad mood, having a bad day, or simply just take my wig off at this point. Um, if the, yeah, It's a love with no limits and it doesn't even change even when I do. And that's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of if they see who I am behind the scenes and it doesn't line up with what they see on my feed, will you still love me? And this love brings security because it's also knowing that who I am may not always be agreeable, enjoyable, or likable, but it's who I am. So Sadie talks about having this social media mindset when she says, when we hide who we really are and stay simply likable, we make it hard for someone to love us. And if they do, we find it nearly impossible to believe them. And I definitely do agree with this because it's like, if people fall in love with the version that doesn't truly represent who you are, you'll always be wondering, okay, what if they find this out? Or my body won't look right or like me unless I Photoshop it. Or... Or if I don't keep up this image, I'll lose my friends or I'll lose my followers. And so all we get from this is at the end of the day, temporary highs and long lasting lows. 
we get a high from that brief moment of satisfaction where you know them likes rolling in everybody liking our pictures coming in the hard eyes girl you ate etc etc but the insecurity knowing that i'm wearing a face that is not mine knowing that i'm living a life online that is not mine knowing that i'm presenting a version of me that does not represent who i truly am lasts longer than that 15 minutes of being liked because in the end would you rather be loved for who you truly are or just who you seem to be when the lighting is right and one other thing that i've come to notice over time is that usually the relationships where you find yourself people pleasing to you know where you find yourself people pleasing to stay relevant or people pleasing to you know stay in the loop and constantly aiming to be liked are typically the ones that lack substance and they lack depth. And what I mean by this is, you know, how a lot of times now, oh, you're cute, be my friend. Oh, I like avocado twos, be my friend. Oh, y'all look good together, y'all should date. Y'all will have cute babies, stuff like that. And, you know, I kind of hate when people try to initiate friendships based on looks because I'm like, honey, I don't look like this all the time. I just want you to know that. So where are you going to be at when the makeup comes off? Where are you going to be at when the wig comes off? Where are you going to be at when the braids come off? Where are you going to be at when it's just me? You know, when it's not about looks anymore. Even when it comes down to relationships, where are you going to be at when I'm 80 and wrinkly, you know? In a marriage, in a relationship, you will want to be loved by someone who can give you that security that when I am 80 and wrinkly, I don't have to trip about where you're going to be. Simple as that. But the thing is, depth in a relationship only comes from being known. Because how are you going to build depth with a superficial being? There's no depth to a superficial being. Whereas true people, real people who really are, I can tell you right now, there, there are layers to me. Getting to know me, there are layers that you have to peel back in order to see the real person. And when we put up this facade and put our best selves on display, only showing our highlight reels, we stand in the way of people truly getting to know who we are. And in this case, we are seen, but we are not known. Picture it like this. Being seen is Walmart, but being known is Target. And if you know, you know. I said what I said. Because a follower sees your highlight reel. They see they see the glimpses of the best moments of your life. They see what is good enough to post. Whereas a friend walks with you during your highs and lows. Think on that. And so the key thing in all of this comes right back around to Jesus. In our superficial relationships and on our social media, we are bound by our ability. Our ability to be perfect, to look perfect, and ultimately what we can do to please others. Whereas our relationship with Jesus is rooted in what he has already done for us. So this means that Jesus isn't asking to see our highlight reels or to see the cutest out of the 100 pics that we took in. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He doesn't only want to see the ones that are worth posting. He's interested in our entire stories, flaws, doubts, imperfections, insecurities, and all. And although the world may have conditioned us to thinking that we have to do something in order to earn love, our relationships with Jesus tell us that we already have it. Because God didn't wait for us to become agreeable, attractive, likable, satisfactory before sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. God didn't wait for you to put your makeup on and look right before making that ultimate sacrifice for you out of true love and so in order to stop people pleasing we need to be freed from these chains of wanting to be liked and wanting to be accepted and as we see in matthew chapter 6 verse 24 
We cannot serve two masters. So we can't be fully devoted to Christ and fully devoted to pleasing people at the same time. And at the end of the day, it's not our job to please people or to praise people. But instead, we're called to live our best lives according to God's will and to die daily to our selfish desires. And in this, we will receive our greatest reward. And in the Bible, we're also called to guard our hearts, which is important because as we know, a lot of our people pleasing is rooted in envy, wanting the approval that someone else has or wanting the popularity that someone else has or just wanting the likes that somebody else has. And this is evident as we see many people on social media all day idolizing their favorite celebrities, longing after these celebrity relationship goals and wanting likes and approval that many people nowadays live for. And so before I go, I want to share with you guys some practical things that I've implemented myself in order to just be more intentional with the things and the people that I let into my heart, especially on social media. Right. So first things first, and this one is a little more specific to, I guess, Instagram, but it's just simply turning off the likes. Now, I personally have never been one to really care too much for likes, but I do from time to time finding myself going back to look at a picture. Oh, see how many likes it got. And one other thing that I've noticed that comes with likes is essentially when we keep, when we're like watching this amount of likes, it seems that we now become competition for ourselves so I'm now going to post another picture in order to try to one up the one I just posted hoping that the picture I post now gets more like than gets more likes than the one I posted last week and so just from that I decided to go on Instagram and turn my likes off I personally don't want to see them and at the end of the day I also think you know I don't really care so yeah and that also I also think that that would really help us kind of get out of this cycle of posting things with the intention of being liked. Because the thing is, I don't want to glorify God in secret. I don't want to praise God in secret. But truthfully, a lot of us feel like we don't want to do certain things in the public eye because it won't because it, it's not agreeable because people won't like it. But when you're not but when you're being more intentional about what you're posting and not solely posting just for just for the sake of gaining likes, it changes everything. Number two, why are you following this person? Now, that's essentially what this whole book is about. Who are you following and why? Because if anything, the number one person we should be following as a priority is Jesus Christ. But one thing that she definitely recommended in this book that I love is intentional following. And I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory. But essentially, it's saying... Why are you following this person? Like, have a reason. Be intentional with who you're following. Now, if you're like me and you created that Instagram page, that Twitter page, that whatever page in like fifth grade, I've had to, I had to go clean it because I was following people in fifth grade. I just follow just because. And so now when I'm following somebody and it's not even going to, not even trying to make it sound like transaction or anything, but essentially what are they offering to me? And typically I'm saying this only because it's like a lot of times we follow people because, you know, they're pretty, but from there it kind of turns into us feeling insecure and, oh, I want to look like that person and this and that. And so it's just like, why are you actually following this person? And so I know last night after I finished this book, I definitely had to kind of go through my follow list and reevaluate. Mine is short, so it didn't really take that long, but it's definitely worth the time. And last but not least intentional screen time and y'all 
this is one that I'm still working on. This is one that I'm constantly working on. So essentially what I mean by intentional screen time is being intentional about when and where you're going to like scroll on social media and stuff. And this is why. Because a lot of times I have been doing very good at like praying as soon as I wake up in the morning. First thing I wake up in the morning. But I've come to the conclusion that that's not enough because I pray and then I get on Instagram. And so it's just like I want to be more intentional about not having so much screen time or not having so much time on social media while I'm in the bed. And so setting this intentional screen time looks like, okay, maybe I'll briefly check social media while I'm in the car or in between classes or uh right after dinner or something like that whatever works for you mine just need to be not in my bed essentially but that's all I have for y'all today hopefully y'all really really enjoyed this conversation because I definitely did I think it's something that I myself also really need to hear because a lot of times like I told y'all before when I get on here talking to y'all I'm talking to myself just as much and I know firsthand how vicious this cycle of wanting to please people can be which is why more than ever I urge us to just be more intentional about following Christ and be more intentional about the things and the people that we allow into our hearts so thank y'all so so much for tuning in and I'll see y'all next time and so with all of that being said, thank you so, so much for tuning into this episode. If you would like to get to know me more and have more truth-filled, faith-based conversations, feel free to join me over on the She Prays First Podcast Instagram at She Prays First Podcast and on my personal Instagram at Janiah Aaliyah. And if you enjoyed this episode and you're loving this podcast as much as I am, please be sure to screenshot this episode and post it on your Instagram story and tag me. So thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of She Prays First Podcast. Podcast, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.